On today's show, the Houston Rockets get a tough, tough win against the OKC Thunder behind a career night from Tari Eason off the bench, who also had a ridiculous 12 offensive rebounds in this game. The Rockets have adopted this new defensive identity in the absence of Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. over these past couple games. Can they keep that defensive identity going when their two premier scoring guards return to the lineup? We'll talk about all that and more coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control Houston. Ignition sequence start. The Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. Alperon Shingun and Jabari Smith Jr. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Hey, Houston fans, I am so happy. You're getting somebody who's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, somebody who's going to come come in and compete from day one. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. The show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube, where I would like you to tell me your favorite part about this Rockets win. Tell me which one of... Tari Eason's 12 rebounds was your favorite. No, just tell me your thoughts on Tari Eason. Let me know what you like about him as a player because he has been on one in these recent games and this game was no different. We'll talk about him a lot, but... Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. As always, appreciate you for making locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on your way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym. Thank you for making LOR part of your day every day. Joining us now to talk about the Houston Rockets 112-106 win against the OKC Thunder is Madison Moore, who you can follow on Twitter at MadmanLeaks. And Madison, this was a game that was really like kind of a, a, I don't know, the Rockets have suddenly turned into like the grit and grind Grizzlies of old, right? They've Over these past two games, the win against the Pistons, now this win against the Thunder. First off, a winning streak. We don't get to talk about that often here at Locked on Rockets, but they, they've They've really kind of tapped into this kind of gritty, grindy, like just hustle, lunch pail mentality over these past couple games with, with you know, last game, no Jalen Green, no Al P. This game, they got Al P back, but still no Jalen Green. And really, they won this game with their defense, holding Shea Gildas-Alexander to just 7 of 23 shooting from the floor. I, I really loved collectively how the Rockets played defense on him and kind of the Thunder as an extension, the Thunder as a whole, but really shutting down Shea Gildas-Alexander, kind of you know sending two and sometimes three guys at him, double-teaming him, playing good team defense on him, but also at times the primary defender on him, Tari Eason switched on to him in the, you know, some possessions, had to you know do his thing, and, and Tari just overall had a fantastic game, including a ridiculous 12 offensive rebounds, which is very clearly a career high in offensive rebounds for Tari Eason in a single game, as well as his new career high of 20 points in this one. Yeah, man. Uh, Tari really, he really, he really brought the lunch pail, man. The past two games, man, he, he really is out there packing it out. And 
I think he is a microcosm of the identity that this team has formed while the primary scores have been out of the game. I mean, I think that's my biggest takeaway by by which they play. They have identity right now. Hey, we're going to grind you out. We're going to make everything tough. We're going to get deflections. We're going to get on the offensive boards and and we're going to make you uncomfortable, right? And when you have and the Rockets actually have a lot of guys with that type of mentality, but now we're getting to see them play, you know, 36, we're getting we're getting 48 minutes a game of two, three defensive stoppers, really disruptive players with high energy. And, you know, although they struggle in the half court, right? It doesn't matter because they they beat you up on the boards, right? They make you uncomfortable, you can't score, and they get out and run, right? And so, you know, KJ Martin is having these great, great games, but he's just running in transition. You know what I mean? He's just he's just running in transition and the guys are sharing the ball. And, you know, Tari seemed to be the leader of this type of Tari and KJ seem to have emerged as the leader of this group. But, you know, we still have Jay Sean Tate out there, Jabari Smith playing great defense, um, you know, uh, protecting the rim. And surprisingly, Dacian Nix actually had a really good defensive game to me uh, uh, th- tonight, man. Dacian, we got to give him his props tonight. He had a good game. We we, uh, we, we <laughs> will. Look, no, I, we will we will give Dacian Nix his flowers because I, I do think that he actually deserves some credit. He had some... He was 0-4 from downtown, and he had he smoked some of the most some of the easiest layups I will ever see an NBA player miss. But he did rebound the ball well. He played good defense. He had he had a few assists. He even had a couple blocks. Right, like Dacian Nix played high level. I won't say high level. He played good defense on the other end, right? And we would and he he was kind of part of that collective group of of team defense that helped the Rockets put this game away and actually close this thing out. But for Tari, because I want to, I want to, I want to stay focused on Tari here for a second, because he is your your locked on Rockets player of the game. We'll dive into some of the, uh, you know, some of the other guys from the rest of this game as well as just some of the the runs, the way that the Rockets kind of dealt with the the Thunder in the third quarter. You know, the comeback in the fourth and really putting this game away, which is not something we've been able to say about this team a lot, is they put the Thunder away in this one. They had a huge run to close this game out. I want to talk about that, but. For Tari, just revisiting his stat line really quick. I mean, he had career-high 20 points on 8 of 21 shooting. That stat line would look so much better if he didn't miss about a gazillion tip shots. Madison, I I, I have to read this this series of the play-by-play in the game, starting at the 931 mark of the fourth quarter. And I kid you not, this is a real, like, the play-by-play. You can go look this up from the play-by-play sheet. It goes... Tari Eason misses layup. Tari Eason offensive rebound. Tari Eason misses tip shot. Tari Eason offensive rebound. Tari Eason misses tip shot. Tari Eason offensive rebound. Tari Eason misses tip shot. Tari Eason offensive rebound. Tari Eason makes two point shot. And one. (laughs) (laughs) Just. Oh, you're right. Yeah, and one. Yeah, and one. Josh Giddy with the foul, and then Tari goes to the free throw line and sinks it. But my goodness, that was the. That play prompted an OKC timeout. That was that was Mark Dagnall saw that, and I'm sure he immediately went and tore into his team. Uh, just that, but that that's who Tari is, right? That's the hustle. That's the energy he provides. Yes, the missed layups are brutal. Yes, the you know at times when he's hustling and trying to fight for that loose ball, and he's going to tip the ball back. You know he misses it right off the back of the iron, or it just rolls off the rim. You're gonna live with those moments. But he's he provides so much energy. It just 
over the course of the entire game that he's out there. He played a crazy, what's crazy, he's only played 19 minutes. Um, <laughs> even including the fact that Jabari Smith Jr. wound up leaving this game uh, due to what looked like, I don't know, some abdominal discomfort. He was back in the lock. He went straight back to the locker room, took a foul, and then he was back on the bench to close the game out. So hopefully it's nothing serious moving forward. But credit to Tari Eason in this one because he was insane. He had the 20 points, 13 total rebounds, 12 of them offensive had an assist, had three steals and two blocks, including I thought was one of the highlights of the game, Madison, was when he like stole, a, he deflected a pass as the on-ball defender. Like how often do you see that? It wasn't like he stole the ball. It wasn't like he ripped the ball. The pass was being made. And I think it was Jalen Williams who was trying to throw the pass. And Tari just snatched it like out of the air. Like it had barely left Jalen Williams' hands and he took off the other way and then finished it for two in transition. That's just the kind of player Tari is. He makes stuff happen. Yeah, man, uh, that energy is infectious and it's a, it's a talent. Bro. Like there are not many players with that type of knack uh, for, for getting things done like Tari does. And it's infectious, right? It makes the entire team play hard, right? And I think... Tari just led the group with that type of infectious energy. And I actually think it's a shame he only got 19 minutes, but you never know. Like a guy that plays that hard might run himself into the dirt and, and you know, Silas needs to give him a couple of minutes out just so he can keep that energy going. But whatever, whatever he does, man, it works. Yeah, Tari, Tari is definitely a guy that plays to absolute exhaustion when he is out there on the court. But he is your Locked on Rockets player of the game from this one. Coming up, we're going to discuss how the Rockets handled the second half run by the Oklahoma City Thunder. They are the best third quarter scoring team in the NBA. How do they handle that? Plus, how were they able to actually close this game out? We've got some props to give. I've got some props to give for Steven Silas for settling the troops and finding a way to close this game out strong with his guys. We're going to get there first today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download the FanDuel app right now so you can get started for Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown first. Right now, you can head over to FanDuel.com to take a look at some of the odds available for Super Bowl 57. Right now, on the money line, Kansas City Chiefs plus 100, the Philadelphia Eagles minus 118. And then there's some other bets, some other fun ones in here, like any player passing for over 505 uh, 505 yards breaking the Super Bowl record. That is plus 8,000 odds. You've got any player to have over 215 rushing yards. Another Super Bowl record is plus 2,000. Philadelphia Eagles to rush for four plus touchdowns is plus 1,300. And then here's the best one, plus 15,000 odds. Both Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey to score one plus touchdown each. So for all those odds, be sure to head over to FanDuel. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best First of all, you can get you you get paid instantly on your winnings. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, Madison, it, it looked like, I mean, the Rockets were 
handling the Thunder there in the first half of this game. I mean, they took, you know, they had they had a really strong start to the evening, 34 to, to 25 first quarter. It looked like they came out of the gate. They played with a lot of energy and they wound up playing the Thunder even there in the second quarter, both teams scoring 33 points a pop. They kept the turnovers low in the first half, which I thought was really, really encouraging. I want to say the Rockets had five turnovers in the first half, I believe, if my, num- if my numbers are correct, and which is kind of crazy because the Thunder are one of the best teams in the association at forcing turnovers, right? They they do that really, really well. They've got a lot of really high-quality defenders, guys that can force you into uncomfortable situations. They play good overall team defense. The guys are kind of bought into what Mark Dagnall does. And that's kind of where things came off the rails there in that third quarter is the Thunder started forcing a lot of Rockets turnovers in that third quarter. Just a 28 to 17 frame. Not only that, but that was also where defensively the game, it felt like started to get away from the Rockets a little bit with Shea Gilgis Alexander kind of turning it on a little bit there in the, in the third quarter after struggling in the first half. And there's a reason for that. I mean, he is, he is the best third quarter scorer in the entire NBA. Like if, if De'Aaron Fox is the king of the fourth quarter, you call him, you know, uh, fourth quarter Fox in Sacramento. Cool. We got to come up with a nickname for SGA because he is the king of the third quarter. And that's, that's where the Rockets kind of struggled. Yeah, man, uh, you know, I, it seemed like it was going the, the same old story for the Rockets. You know, these third quarter, these bench minutes, the, the Rockets really struggle to score. And with some of their primary guys out, you know, we, we think that would, you know, be amplified. It's very possible. Um, but I think the Rockets really weathered that storm, right? And I think you want to, I think we want to say, hey, some of those timeouts that we had got us through those, those stretches. I, I feel like, the Rockets are learning how to handle the runs that teams are giving them, right? And so we're going through these runs. Where, uh, teams are good. You know, the, the game is a game of runs, right? And so as the Rockets are learning as a young team, they have to weather these storms. But I think the timeouts that Silas called really help get the Rockets organized and back into rhythm so they can make some runs of themselves. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the probably arguably the biggest one was when OKC cut the lead down to just two points with about four minutes to go in the game. It was 198. SGA made you know a pull-up jumper from the mid-range, and Rockets call a timeout. And from that moment, the Rockets then went on a nine-to-two run. It included a you know an LP layup. Then KJ Martin hits a three-pointer off of a dime from Eric Gordon, and. Then further down, SGA hits a couple free throws with about just over a minute left in the game. Like it's not even like this was this was a long drawn out stretch of time with a lot of you know hard nosed defense being played, some missed shots. Like both teams were really trying to grind out this win. SGA finally gets to the free throw line, hits a couple of them. It's one hundred five one hundred. Dacian Nix makes a layup from the baseline, which I I, I was. Look, give credit to Dacia Nix, right? He delivered when, when the when the pressure was highest. He was in the corner. Tate, Jason Tate flipped him the pass, and then I thought we were going to get like a Dacia Nix like three ball that was going to be off from the court. Instead, he drove it in. Did not smoke the layup. Makes it. It's a seven point game after that. And then on the fi- on the next possession down with under a minute to go, the Rockets force a miss from Josh Giddy, and then Al P gets the rebound, and then just comp- like. With hands in his face, like I mean, it's a it's a very like crowded possession. There's arms flying everywhere. Alp recovers the ball somehow and then outlets it straight out to KJ Martin, and he just elevates and rises up and throws it down and gives the Rockets a nine point cushion with 46 seconds to go in this game. That 
like response from the Rockets. Again, we talked about it in segment one, but to see them dig in so deeply and be able to play defense at that level for the remaining four something minutes of this game. And all they allowed were the two SGA free throws in that span of about four minutes straight. There was a point earlier this season, Madison, where we looked and the Rockets have surprisingly been a good defensive team in the clutch. The issue is they haven't had a lot of clutch time minutes this game. Now, for those of you that do not know, a clutch time game, clutch minutes are games that are being played with five minutes to go that are within five points either way. So team up or down by five. Those are your clutch time minutes. And the Rockets are actually one of the best clutch defenses in the NBA when they're actually in those moments. And I thought we saw that on display again in this one against OKC, really kind of locking in and forcing uh, Hollins and Ackerman were talking about it on the broadcast, but forcing anybody else to beat you other than Shea Gildas Alexander. Right. Um, I, I thought that was well said. I mean, even the Dacian Knicks layup that you were talking about, that layup was only available because of the threat of Shangoon. And the way the, the previous play offensive play on that, it was, it was really uh, telling to me because the previous offensive play, the Rockets have been having trouble getting the ball into Shangoon, but Knicks found Shangoon in the middle in the fourth quarter. They really shared it. And, and Shangoon was able to make a hockey assist off that pass. But the, but the, the OKC had been, fronting Shingun, trying to keep the ball out of his hands and packing the paint. But because Dacian Nix found him on that play on one of those drives, right, that allowed for the next drive for them to not uh, step up in the way that they needed to step up or uh, or did in the last play because they were scared of him hitting Shingun on that threat, which was the reason he had such an easy layup down the stretch. But that is what playing as a team and playing together means. Everybody contributed tonight, and that was and it was a really good team effort led by the defense and, and the defensive possessions, like you were talking about. It, it really did. This probably felt like one of the this this probably felt like one of the best team wins to your point, right? Where every it, it really did feel like up and down the board, everybody had some level of contribution to this game. I even you go to the guys who played like their, their minimal minutes off the bench, Josh Christopher, Garrison Matthews, Bruno Fernando. There are arguments to be made that, you know, maybe some of these, like maybe Bruno shouldn't be playing over Garuba, whatever. I've been beating that drum for a while, but, but credit to Bruno. He had four blocks in this game, right? He had four blocks. He had a few rebounds. Gary Bird hit a three and he had a few rebounds in this game. And then Josh Christopher hit a few very, some very timely buckets from Josh Christopher when this team could like generate, it felt like they could generate no flow, no rhythm offensively when the game got really sticky. And Josh was like, all right, I'll go get us a bucket. And then he would just do it. So there were, despite, you know, the, the one missed from three that he had, he was four of six inside the three point arc, got to the line four times, hit three of them. That's what Josh Christopher can provide. He can give you a little bit of a spark off the bench. Uh, there were some moments where guys got lost a little bit defensively throughout points of this game. Garrison Matthews, Josh Christopher, even Jabari had a couple possessions where he was a little like, what's going on? Where am I supposed to be? But by and large, a really encouraging performance overall from this Houston Rockets team. Uh, and again, we get to talk about a win streak, which is kind of nice. It's a nice change of pace here in right. LOR to be able to talk about some wins. But coming up, we want to share final thoughts from this one. How Alperin Shingun has continued to be used offensively. How other guys are playing off of that engagement level offensively. KJ Martin, uh, Jabari Smith Jr. playing off of Alp. Eric Gordon, uh, is his trade value being is his trade value going up hopefully a little bit ahead of the NBA trade deadline. We'll talk about all of that. But first, today's episode is brought to you by prize picks. 
Next game, how about Jalen Green to have more than 23.5 points? What about Tari Eason to just one-up his rebounding performance to have more than 10.5 boards? That seems like a distinct possibility at this point. How about Alper and Shingun to have more than 5.5 assists? Or what about Jabari Smith Jr. to have less than 3.5 three-pointers made? So what is prize picks? It's daily fantasy sports, but how does it work? Basically, you pick two to six players, and if they score more or less than their prize pick projection, you can win up to 25 Five times back on your money on any entry that you submit. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. PrizePix offers projections on any sport that you watch. That's NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA. They've got you covered for everything. All the action over at PrizePix. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that simple. They're safe. They offer incredibly fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. How do you do it? Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, Madison, you know, something about like the vibes when we do a post game recap, the last few that we've done, it, it feels like we're always in a good mood. And I realize it, right? We were, we were talking about this off camera, but the fact that when we record, it's been, we've done the Lakers game now, which, which almost felt like a win because of how good Al P played. Then we talked about Jalen Green's career game against the T-Wolves. And now we get to talk about this win against the Thunder. So Madison, you might be good luck. Like on the nights that we are planning to record, you might be the good luck charm for the Houston Rockets. You're bringing some, some, some good positive vibes to the team. Man, I, I definitely think so, man. And after this, after I had noticed it after the last win, I'm like, man, we always have a lot to a lot of good stuff to get to. I think did we do the post game after uh, New Orleans as well, uh, where where Jalen also had 40 points? That really wasn't his hype of game, but I mean, Jalen still got you know got uh, tied his career high at the time. So I think, man, yeah, I, I think I'm the good luck charm. <laughs> so you've got you've got something working for you, and you know we're not we're not going to change that at all here at Locked On Rockets. It's good. We're going to keep the good vibes going, but let's let's focus a little bit here on Alp's night because I thought it was a bit of a mixed bag, honestly, for Alp. Uh, much quieter than what we're used to, what we're used to seeing from him over this most recent stretch of you know two to three weeks or whatever. He had ten points, twelve boards, four assists, three blocks. Did have three turnovers. Was just four of ten from the floor. It didn't attempt a three. It was only two of four from the free throw line. And I really felt like Madison, there was a point in kind of top of the third quarter where he attempted like four shots in a row and missed all of them. He was, and you could tell he was playing frustrated. You know, he went into, he went into the third quarter. I think it was like two of four shooting from the floor. And then when you looked up after those four misses, he was two of eight at one point. And he had like a couple possession, a few possessions back to back to backwards. He was just, he was forcing, he wasn't looking for teammates. He was doing all his array of spin moves, but he was getting frustrated, missing shots at the rim. The Thunder were sending multiple bodies at him, forcing the ball out of his hands. Like you could tell that he was getting a little flustered and playing frustrated. And I thought that it was good recognition because I think one of the timeouts that you alluded to earlier, right, uh, that Steven Silas used, I think there was a timeout there somewhere in that, in that, like, in the midst of that run at the top of the third quarter where 
afterwards, when they came back, I felt like Shingun kind of settled back into his role on this team, which was, you know, sometimes he can be the, the the engine, right? Sometimes you just throw the ball to him and he can go to work, but that wasn't what was working tonight against the Thunder. Right. I, I mean, I thought it was really interesting watching this game because now that Shingun has established himself as one of the Rockets' best players, it's going to be interesting to see how teams adjust and make adjustments to play him, right? And with Jalen Green out and a lot of our offensive scorers and initiators out, what the Rockets did early on was they posted him up, right? And there was a lot of opportunities where they were looking to post him up in the first quarter. And and I think he punished them a, a couple times as well while also moving the ball. He had actually a lot of hockey assists, man. Just good movement, cross-court passes to get the defense swaying and getting wide open threes. I thought he actually did a really good job in that first quarter. But in the second quarter, they decided we're going to pack this paint. Well, the paint was packed all all game, but they really decided they were going to pack the paint and also front him, which provided a different look for our young Rockets. They haven't really experienced playing with Shingun so post-up heavy, so they really don't know how to handle those situations just quite yet, right? And so I thought it was really interesting that, you know, hey, now there's we're starting to see these adjustments. How will the, will the Rockets react to it? And what I noticed was, is without Jalen on the floor, without KBJ on the floor, there's a lot less dribble handoffs and pick and rolls with Shingun, right? And when you take away those pick and roll opportunities, you take away the op- the easy opportunities and the threat of Jalen getting downhill, creating space for Shingun also to operate in those scenarios, right? And so, you know, a lot we talk a lot about how good Shingun is for the rest of the team, but I think tonight we got to see hey, you you know, Jalen might be a little good for Shingun as well. Get him some easy opportunities, get get going quicker, and provide the defense a choice. You know, the threat of Dacian Knicks uh, Alperin Shingun pick and rolls. That's not, you know, I think the team, I think the defense knows what they want to give up, right? You Look, know, I know, but, I know we gave him credit in segment one, but I'm going to have yeah. to say threat of Dacian Knicks is an oxymoron. Like that doesn't, that, that, yeah. those, those words do not work together in a sentence, unfortunately, because there is like, negative offensive gravity, unfortunately, at times with Dacian Knicks. I, I'll give him credit for all the other good stuff he did in this game, but. He does not provide much, like there is when you put Dacian Nix and Alp in a pick and roll, both guys are looking at Dacian Nix and then going straight to Alp. Like that's what's happening every single time down. Yeah, man. I mean, it, I mean, it clearly affected Shingun because when he started the the uh, the third quarter, you talked about all the ways that he struggled, but it was because he was forcing it. Now. Silas made the adjustment of doing these simple pick and rolls to get him posted up out of the pick and roll. Now. Shingun was never rolling hard to the rim like he does with Jalen, and they weren't providing that type of dynamic, but it was a better way to get him the ball in the post where he could operate, right? But you can tell he only took four shots in the first half. He was kind of like, okay, it's time for me to, you know, provide this offensive punch that I know that I can, and I think he forced up some shots in in that way. But I think Silas did a good job of getting him involved in the fourth quarter and they stepped and they stuck with it. And as Shingun settled down, I think he was a very important player down the stretch and getting that offense going in, in, uh, in crunch time. As I, as I, uh, we spoke about with the Dacian Knicks plays. 
Absolutely. A lot of, uh, to, to your point, right, a lot of hockey assists for Al P out of this game. I'm going to be very interested to see what the advanced stats look like on the tracking data of how many hockey assists he did have because we're recording this almost immediately after the game. And so those stats don't pop up until a few hours after the game once the NBA does all its you know calculations and tabulating and gets all the final stats settled away. They'll, they'll publish all the advanced tracking data from the game. But I'm sure, like... Let's, you know what? We're going to, we're going to have a little fun here, Madison, uh, over or under 6.5 hockey assists for Shingun in this game. 6.5 is a lot Ooh, that, that actually converted or potential. Let, oh, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they track potential no, hockey assists, the problem. So, I can, you know what? I, 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 fine. I'll, 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 I'll lower it a little bit. 5.5, 5.5, 5.5. You know, I think I can count at least three, which means if you know spades, there's always a possible. So (laughs) (laughs) there's always, if I can count three, there's at least four, and that still ranks under 5.5. I have to play it safe and go under. Okay, all right. We'll take the under here. We'll see. We'll see what it looks like. We'll come back and you know, at least one of us will yell about it on Twitter the following day to see, you know, whether we were right or wrong here. But the other guy that I want to spend a little bit of time talking about here uh, is KJ Martin, who continues to just do like he was a big reason for the Rockets' win in the Pistons game. Obviously, coming up big in the second half after the kind of you know the disagreement, whatever with with. Coach John Lucas and being benched for the majority of the first half. But then in this game, right, he has been this consistent force throughout all these Rockets injuries and different guys being in and out of the lineup. He has become a staple starter over this recent stretch of time. And he's making the most with his minutes. He had 18 points on 7 of 13 shooting was one of four from long distance. So you'd like to see that number be a little bit better. Uh, Three of five at the free throw line. Again, free throw shooting. You'd like to see a a little bit better, but you kind of live with it given the production that he gives you everywhere else in the court. Seven rebounds, four assists, brought a ton of energy. And he's another one of those guys, right, that you've got... KJ, Tari, Jabari, Jay Sean, even Dacian Nix kind of buying in defensively right a little bit. And then even LP kind of feeding off of all these other guys. I think there you almost see like there's a bit of a recipe there where even though LP didn't have his best like offensive crazy stat production night that we know he's capable of, the idea of putting like four plus defenders around LP, you're like, hey, you might be cooking at that point. That could be something really interesting to think about from a team building perspective. Right. And they're all excellent cutters. They all have this amazing magnetic chemistry with Shingun and he finds them so well and they crash the board and it's it's synergistic. Right. And I think this gets into the crux of balancing lineups. Right. Like a lot of a lot of what we've seen tonight was that these lineups look more balanced. EG's the the initiator. Right. We have a traditional point guard and then we have all these um switchy rangy wings right and they have provided so much production and energy we've got a lot of that i wonder if we can replicate a lot of that when Jalen and kpj comes back if we just move eric gordon to the bench right you know we we don't have to trade him away but and and maybe start kj and tari so we have that type of lunch pail um identity or just a piece of that identity that balances those lineups right and kj is just such a productive player just such a productive player. That's a, that, that's that's the thing about KJ. He's going to be productive, and it's going to be winning production, and you can see it in the plus minus, right? And so right now we're just used to this type of consistency with him. 
what's really concerning to me, Madison, and there, there are two things that I, I kind of I want to add kind of a, a wish list item for the back half of the season. I find it very curious that Steven Silas almost refuses to play Tari at the three, right? For for so much of the season, I would wager that we've only seen Tari and like Jabari share the floor for like less than 50 minutes tops this season. It feels like Tari is exclusively a four in Steven Silas's eyes. And that is confusing because I feel like he could produce and might even fit better at the three and cause even more havoc because then you've got all that size out there, right? Because he, he's a... He's a mountain of a rookie at 6'8", big body, you know, crazy long wingspan, big hands, all that. But you're playing him at the four. If you play him at the three, then suddenly, like, he's got the athlete, the 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 foot speed, the lateral quickness, all that to stick with other threes. And then he, you've got even more size out there to cause mayhem defensively. But then on top of that, these past two games especially have really showed me that the so much of the issues with the Rockets defense stem from Jalen and Kevin. Like there's no there's no sugarcoating that. Like the way that this team has been able to lean into a bit more of that hard hat lunch pail mentality, whatever defense first mentality, is because hey, they're actually getting good defense from the perimeter, right? They're getting good defense out of Dacia Nix. They're getting good defense out of Eric Gordon to a lesser extent, right? Like when you rotate those guys in and out, right? When you've got Jay Sean Tate out there occupying one of the guard spots or whatever, playing backup point effectively, like, you know, you're getting good perimeter defense out of him. Like all these guys, you're getting so much better defense out of. And then when Jalen makes it back to the lineup, we're going to see some blown possessions, right? Bad rotations, you know, maybe not necessarily lack of defensive effort because Jalen has moments where he is trying really hard, but he just doesn't have the defensive fortitude that some of these other guys do in the lineup and the ability to kind of grind out a game like this, especially at the end. Yeah. I mean, that's, that would, that's what it means to be a young team, right? Is that these guys are not perfect. They're going to, they're young. They're going to miss rotations. Right. I mean, even Tari misses rotations, his activity and, and instincts are just otherworldly. So he just makes up for it on these other areas of the court. Yeah. But that is why balancing these lineups is so important, right? It's so you can mitigate some of that. And so you can keep, you can inspire more effort with the energy plays of KJ and Tari, right? And and that's why we need more, more lineups, right? With, with, with this diversity of skill sets, right? And so when you get those type of lineups, if Jalen misses a, a rotation, right, he he can even he can be even more harder on himself. It's like, hey, I'm the only one out here missing that rotation. You know what I mean? And then you have guys who can cover for him. And it goes for Shingun as well and his limitations. You know what I mean? I mean, Shingun I thought looked really good defensively tonight, but it was because the perimeter defense was so improved and he was able to contest. He had a couple blocks tonight as well. You know what I mean? I thought I thought the team played very well tonight. And I think KPJ and Jalen are capable defenders, right? We just have to make sure we can hold them accountable to play that in that manner, right? I, I think – Dacian, Dacian's defense been, has been really bad this year. You know, really spotty effort on fast breaks, non-existent, right? But when you sit him on the bench and he's getting his opportunity to play and he hasn't played in two months, he's out there hustling and busting his ass. You know what I mean? And so that it's it's that type of stuff. You have to hold these guys accountable and you have to make sure they're playing with high energy. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Madison, you know the drill. Uh, that's going to be That's going to do it for the end of the episode. Let everybody know where they can track you down at. Yeah, man. You can find me at, at MadmanLeaks on Twitter. You know, come interact with me. I love to talk Rockets ball. 
That's going to do it for another edition of Locked on Rockets. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, Odyssey app, free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also available on YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.